Welcome to the Holding Hands and Throwing Fist podcast. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. And it's season four, episode three. Three, three, <laughs> three, 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 three. Wait, that was so weird. You didn't say hi. Hi, everybody. What's up, everybody? You just like went into the intro without a hi. Rogue. Well, well, well. Season yeah. four is just bringing surprises. We're getting straight to the point. <laughs> I always get straight to the point. Next. <laughs> last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last week, Saturday the 23rd was UFC 257. That was good, everyone, right? George was, was about to try to shoot the shit, and I just. <laughs> George, okay, along. okay, okay. <laughs> Dustin Poirier defeated Conor McGregor with the TKO in the second round. More on that later, but also on the card since we're doing our recap. Michael Chandler defeated Dan Hooker with a uh, second round, no, first round TKO. First round, yeah. Um, Joe, not a round round. Not a round round as TKO. As my notes yeah. say. <laughs> Oops. You know he reads the teleprompter. Whatever's on the teleprompter. <laughs> uh, Joanne Calderwood defeated Jessica I with a <laughs> boring ass decision, kind of, uh, but good for JoJo. Other notable fighters, uh, our, bro- our boy Brad Tavares won, but our boys Matt Steamrolla Favrola and Ugh. Khalil Roundtree and Nick Lentz all lost. So, so sad. Guys, keep your heads up, and uh, we're still fans. So that's it. So sad. Just, I don't know. I mean, no, I think it's interesting to know how much fighters get paid, always. Mm -hmm. And the stats are always readily available after the fights are over. Like, it's not hard to find out, but I never follow up. But for this week's, of course, money talk is all that's going on because it's a freaking Conor McGregor card. I'm sure you've all heard what the two main fighters made, but in case you didn't, Connor made over five million dollars for this fight. Nice. Dustin made over one million, which still is nice. still super nice, especially for him. Like nobody makes Connor McGregor money, mm-hmm. but for Dustin to make over a mil, I feel like that's amazing. And then to the co-main, which you might even argue was a better fight and would have, no matter what, been a better fight not knowing the results between Michael Chandler mm-hmm. and Dan Hooker. Michael Chandler got paid 250000 Dan Hooker 125000 That's a big dipper and that's why fighters need a union. And yeah. this <laughs> comes up, and that's, that's actually something we should dedicate an episode to. We should. Um, and then, you know, I always like to tell you the lowest paid fighter. <laughs> Listen to this shit. This broke my cold, cold heart. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Matt Frivola. Did he? Steamroller got paid $28,000. Frivola, you got to get paid, son. This is ridiculous. He deserves more than that. You fucking traveled like us to Yas Island and you fucking are getting $28,000 and you're not like this is not your first fight. Yeah. That breaks my heart a little bit. Breaks my heart. But you know what, babe? Winter in general can be a really difficult season. Many even suffer from seasonal affective disorder. The main treatment you used to be light therapy, but now it's picking up an ice cold can of your favorite Bud Light seltzer and remembering warmer days are right around the corner. Wow. Bud Light seltzer helping sad people everywhere. 
This week, there's no fights at all this weekend. What the fuck? No fights at all. We just went weeks without fights. The fuck? Now we got two weeks of fights and now People no fights? People are dropping balls here, left and right. I don't know, Oh, but man. maybe they're sad, too. Oh, the yeah. matchmakers were sad. We should get them Bud Light Seltzer. We should send we them We got to call up our representatives right. who, who haven't been writing back as often lately. But if, if you are finally listening, to, finally this listening episode, to this episode, we yeah. would appreciate We're an email open. back. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your reply. No, uh, Yes, thanks in advance. We hope this email finds you well <laughs> in advance. Uh, next card is for February 6th, uh, but right now the only fight listed is Overeem versus Volkov, which you guys know I'm a big Overeem fan, and I do like Volkov too, so I'm excited even if it's just that one fight. That's a little ridiculous. I ain't paying for it. Um, so with nothing on the horizon, a side no- note is that Patrick Grady and my bro Paul brought up our Christmas episode like just this week. They both happened to bring it up in different conversations Mm -hmm. and different instances. And so first of all, thank you guys. Thank you for like listening to us and engaging with us because like this is just funny for us. Yeah. (laughs) We were we would be having those conversations just not recording them. If there was no mic. So <laughs> the opinions are always there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, first, thank you for that. It, it does feel really nice. But secondly, it does make me think we need to have another like some sort of specials episode, babe. I think we need some specials. Maybe we need... I don't know. Hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Maybe we could go down uh, best fights of all time or freaky, f- crazy fights. Or I mean, we uh, have done things. And of course, I don't remember because of my lack of memory. <laughs> but um, at the beginning of the coronavirus, remember, we did like worst tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> so like yeah. that was fun for us. But I guess maybe less people were listening then. Maybe we should revive those sorts of top fives or top threes. Also, when I tell people uh, that I have a podcast with my uh, girlfriend about fighting, uh, I like they never bring it up. But I always think that it comes across as we have a podcast about us fighting with each other. <laughs> this, this couple's therapy yeah, for people. Exactly. So I think that we should maybe just take a pivot because, uh, you know, may- maybe the fighting market's too saturated. Maybe this podcast just turns into us I fighting have, with each other. I have a feeling the fucking relationship podcast market oh is my fucking God. far Could more you imagine? oversaturated. Could you imagine just being like, yeah, I'm going to sit down oh and my, listen to Maybe that's our podcast. next special. Like, yeah. The shittiest fucking relationship <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. I'm taking notes as we speak. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a closet full of junk, so you could get ta- talking about that. <clears throat> My closet, too. Before we get into the top three of the week, we want to welcome our new sponsor, Hayabusa. And no, we're not talking about the Japanese motorcycles, which are pretty cool. We're talking about the company that makes the best equipment for your martial arts journey. They are literally my favorite brand, and Anna can tell you my closet is filled with their products. Boxing gloves, MMA gloves, headgear, jujitsu gis, belts, rash cards, duffel bags, and the best backpack for martial arts. I got two of them. 
for real, I love Hayabusa products. Anytime I tried to save some money by going with another company's gear, I wind up destroying it in a few weeks and have to buy the Hayabusa gear anyway. They're my favorite brand, and you'll be hearing me talking about, about it more in depth now that they're a real sponsor. I just got the T3 Kenpeki gloves, and they look great and feel great. I hit the bag for 25 minutes straight with them on. They're awesome. Babe, do you know what Kenpeki translates to from Japanese? No, what? Perfection, flawless, or completeness. Pretty gangster, right? Mm-hmm. Go to HayabusaFight.com and check out the best gear in martial arts. I'm interested. Honestly, I freaking love your Hayabusa gear. I think they have the coolest fucking logo because it looks like the Mockingjay. <laughs> and I'm like super excited that we have a fighting inspired brand sponsoring us along with an alcoholic beverage company. I mean, it's I feel up. like this is us yeah. in two sponsors. Awesome. Bud Light and boxing. <laughs> Let's get to the top three, though. We have so much to talk about. Let's do it. gonna kick it off please do dustin poirier he's got to get his own number in this top three is he my favorite fighter could be could be could be louis lafayette louisiana bro you know i i've had love for you for a long time because you know i got love in my heart for louisiana and new orleans uh even though you're from lafayette so whatever but close enough <laughs> um listen i Kind of expected, like everybody else, I bought into the hype, hand up, that I thought that Connor, if he looked as good as he did against Cowboy, if he performed as well as that against Poirier, as he performed against Cowboy, I thought he was going to win. That I totally rambled, but you get my point. <laughs> but there's a couple things looking at in, in hindsight where you're like, yo, Dustin had this, right? Right. Number one. He said multiple times, he's like, I literally do not care what people think. And not in that way that you're like, oh, you, all you care about is what people think. Like he said it like he really just couldn't, couldn't even be bothered to barely say those words. Yeah. You know, how many times do you watch that video of Connor knocking you unconscious, you know, again and again and again and again and again and again, even when it's not even the lead up to your fight, when they're just promoting Connor and you just see it. Yeah. And then he even said it. He goes, I made my peace with that, which I spelled wrong in the uh, notes. I, P-I-E-C-E oh, instead of P-E-A-C-E, which is very I made my piece of cake with this. I hate that. Um, <laughs> but he said, I made my peace with it. And that's a dangerous fighter when, you know, I've, I heard some other podcasts that were recorded before the fight, but I'm listening to them after the fight. And they're like, bro, and one of them, uh, they were like, bro, you... you you're not even coming back for revenge. You don't have this attitude to be like, yo, I need to come back and, and, and avenge my loss and all this stuff. Oh, and like, they were shitting on him for not coming yeah. back with that attitude. And that attitude is how you get knocked out again, man. You like the, all the Zen masters say like, let that shit go, dude. And Dustin really did that. He, he let all the past stuff go and he came in and in the present moment had the best strategy to be a more complete mixed martial artist than Conor McGregor, which is a crazy thing to say, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Dustin dominated the boxing, the kickboxing, the clinch work, and the wrestling and mixed it all together, which Conor didn't do. Conor basically came out and was really trying to do boxing stuff. I've been watching Conor fight, obviously, like a lot of people for a long time. He's left-handed, so I kind of have, as a southpaw myself, I kind of have an affinity for him, right? Although Dustin does too. 
But I've watched Conor fight all this time, and he never throws jabs. It's just a pawing, like, little thing to gauge distance, make sure nobody's shooting a takedown on him, and to just rocket his left hand right behind it. In this fight against Dustin, he literally threw hard jabs, which Dustin encountered. So, whatever. I went on my little rant about Dustin, but it's only halfway done. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin also learned from his mistakes, which is a big thing, right? His last loss before Khabib was against Michael Johnson, and he KO'd Connor with what Michael Johnson beat him with. Basically the same kind of sequence. That's beautiful. In the Jim Miller fight in Barclays, which I saw live famously uh, when I had the flu and I went with my brother to Barclays Center anyway because that was, you know, (laughs) pre-COVID. Jim Miller beat the shit out of Poirier's shin. I just watched that fight again last night. He couldn't even stand after the fight even though Poirier did win. And then he used that shin kick against Connor. I just want to go on Wikipedia real fast and read this dude's tear from Jim Miller on. Jim Miller... He beats Jim Miller via decision, right? Then beats Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway, loses okay to Khabib, beats Dan Hooker, and beats Conor McGregor. That is an insane run. Now, also, let's listen to who he's lost to, right? He has five losses. Oh, man, five losses. That's crazy. Danny Castillo, Korean Zombie, Cubby Bear Swanson, Conor McGregor, Michael Johnson, Khabib Nurmagomedov. You have only lost to the best fucking fighters on the planet, Dustin Poirier, and hats off to you. Really, he truly almost beat Khabib. And let me tell you, Khabib's escape wasn't a casual, this guillotine is nothing thing. Khabib's escape was a code red, we need to get the fuck out of this now. And in a masterful performance, he escaped and went on to beat Bust, uh, Dustin. <laughs> but how can you call not? How can you not call Dustin the best fighter in the world right now? That Khabib appears to be retired. Honestly, and that's what makes it hard to stomach that they didn't just make this a title fight. You're already paying Connor the money. Mm-hmm. You're making it a pay per view, and Dustin is the champ. Yeah. And if Connor beat him, he would have been deserving to be called the champ because Dustin's so awesome. Yeah. So Dana, you suck. But Cheers. this top three is not about who sucks. It's about winners. And the second person who had to make our top three, I'm sure you could have guessed, is Michael Chandler. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you know very well from the past two episodes we were hardcore rooting for Michael Chandler and I was hardcore rooting against Dan Hooker. So it was a nice little combination of things. Um, With the tail of the tape right before the fight, we were like, oh shoot, yeah, obviously Hooker has a height advantage. He had a pretty significant reach advantage, but it did not help him at all. The fight started off a little slow and it felt like Hooker wasn't doing a whole lot, which was interesting considering like he literally had wars with Paul Felder, with Poirier in the past. But Michael Chandler just rocked the shit out of him. He dominated him. It was nuts. Yeah. We could not believe it. So we were like super excited for Michael Chandler and... He was really great in his post-fight interview in the Octagon. But then he, like, turned on his, like... It was like a WWE, like, Ric Flair type thing. I mean, that's not our thing, but that resonates with a lot of people. I know. It felt so 
cringe to me like I couldn't even listen to it and it almost was a good thing that we were watching the fights with my cousin Patrick Grady because he's like I liked it. I think that was good. He had to do something like that. And I was like, yeah, oh, he loves wrestling. Why? Yeah. But, but that's good. I needed to hear that. Or else if it was just me and George, we would have been like, that was stupid. Yeah, that was yeah. dumb. <laughs> Look at you. You're a hood rat from Queens. I'm a freaking donk from Brooklyn, right? And and we speak in ways that we got to stop cursing during our podcasts because our sponsors are telling us to tone it down just a little bit. Michael Chandler is a guy who goes, oh, shucks. I know. <laughs> so come on. I you, know. Okay. We're a little different. <laughs> we yeah. do things differently. It doesn't mean anything is Side note. Better. Michael Chandler knocked the dude out. It was crazy. Minutes before I told Patrick Grady when we were watching the fight, I was like, I don't know if he's got the power to just knock out. Anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyone. Yeah. I was like, well, let's see, <laughs> which he did, which is insane. It wasn't doubting. It was just like, I don't know. I yeah. want to see. And he did it. And it was amazing. Side note, though. Michael Chandler did Are the you thing. side noting Side note side myself. Note? myself. He did the Justin Gaethje thing, which is oh right God. now it, it makes Dana White nervous all the time. And now it's completely, it's ruined for me because I cannot take it anymore because my anxiety goes through the roof. You just <laughs> win. You're exhausted, and but also super hyped up with all your energy. You get on top of the cage and you do a backflip off the cage. You just won, man. I don't want you to tear your knee or fucking blow out both your ankles. Which is exactly what happened to Johnny Walker. And I know, then he was out for I how know, long. I know. Why what the, the fuck would anybody want to do anything know. like that? Guys, control your celebrations, please. Or like, clearly Michael Chandler planned his like cringe. I think you should... You gotta plan. You gotta plan what your victory move yes, is gonna be. You're going and to, it can't be a backflip off the cage. Yes, but if you plan that as well as you plan your little speech, it'll be cool. Yeah. You need to include part of Chandler's little shtick in here. Well, now. what he said after the fight. Yeah. Okay. Mark Goddard gave him every opportunity to stay in the fight, and we were able to just finish. Man, just feel extremely blessed. But I gotta get something off my chest. I tell you all this. This is the greatest moment. In my professional life, Conor McGregor, surprise, surprise, there's a new king in the lightweight division, Dustin Poirier, your time is coming, and Khabib, if you ever do see fit to grace us with your presence back here in the UFC octagon, in your quest for 30, you know you gotta beat somebody, so beat me, if you can, God bless, see you at the top. Ladies and gentlemen, how about it? Iron Michael Chandler. <laughs> Shudder. But you should do you, Michael Chandler. And that actually brings us to our number three in our top three. So Bleacher Report put out a list of fights that they say must happen yeah. after the results of UFC 257. <laughs> so I thought it would be cool if we went with what do we think? Because okay. we are the real experts. Yeah, that's right. Two comments over here first. You must have been hanging out with Nick Martin too much because you're fucking colorblind because this whole thing, and thank you for doing the notes for this No, podcast, that I just is, changed. No, this whole episode. It's not the whole thing. You've been reading the green, or the blue rather, and it's and not the whole waiting thing. Waiting for me. This is like the fourth time this happened. Sometimes you have to go with the flow, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have told me to get out of the flow <laughs> multiple times. I know. Okay, and then that's how you know that you wrote the notes for these because- uh, Bleacher Report could suck it. Yeah, I knew you were <laughs> going to say something like that. But, but alas. That's why we care about our opinions. So <laughs> You might not, but we care. 
go. <laughs> Bleacher Report said after this fight card, what needs to happen, the first fight that needs to happen is Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. What do you think? I wanted it initially after the after fight night i wanted it i thought we needed it but then dustin said he didn't want to fight chandler because chandler needs to pay his dues in the ufc fair no it's actually not fair that's fucking bullshit because michael chandler has paid his dues elsewhere in another large organization so dustin stop george peter i thought we said we were on the same page okay (laughs) so I, I still would like to see it, but I don't think it needs to happen. What I think needs to happen, and then Dustin would be okay with this, is Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira, and then the winner of that fights Dustin for the belt. Okay, that's fair. I was thinking get a Dustin versus Charles, and then Michael Chandler could fight Justin Gaethje or something, but I think we'll get to that later. Maybe. But yeah, I don't want I don't want I don't want Dustin versus Chandler now because I think Dustin could kind of he, he he deserves to call the shots a little bit. He's not a shot caller like that. So if he yeah. doesn't want to fight him now, give Chandler another fight. Let, right. let him do it. So not a big deal. Also, we didn't mention that we we did mention last week that Michael Chandler's an awesome dude and like super dad like persona. Like he adopted him and his wife adopted a a, a boy um, from uh, wherever I forget off the top of my head. I think Atlanta. Uh, but it was his son's birthday on Saturday. Yeah. That's that extra dad. Like yo, I'm about to fuck someone up because I'm in the zone right now. So happy True birthday, that. Hap. All right. Uh, Bleacher Report said Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz three needs to happen. Not only did I do I not want to see it now, I haven't want to see it for a, lo- a long time. Connor won the second fight as a competition, and I scored it for Connor. But in terms of a fight, he lost. It's already been done. I don't need to see it. I just don't. I don't want to see it. It's it, for what, man? It was lightning in a bottle, and I don't think that you need to cash in. I mean, whatever. Obviously, they, they want to cash in on the third fight. But the first fight was epic and perfect and that and that rematch was such a great storyline now what is it just that it's one one so you're going to three that's that's just lame dude connor uh what do i want to say yeah oh you know what i want to see i want to see connor face the guys that are a little bit lower tier and i mean that with the utmost respect because just because you're a little bit lower tier still means you're in the top five or top ten of the ufc i just don't need connor fighting the fucking champion or the interim champion or like the top two or three and also he doesn't deserve to fight them at this he doesn't point either and let him have someone that i think that connor's at these guys level and it could be entertaining and awesome i want to see connor and ally aquinta yes. fucking go at it and talk shit and yes. honestly i don't know who i root for that fight. i, I think i got a root for al tricky, i don't know tricky. it's tricky i want to see connor versus paul felter and i want to see connor fucking be like oh you're not real irish and i want to see paul felter <laughs> be like yeah whatever dude i'm gonna fuck you up and then back yeah. and forth i want to see it and you know what I want to see Connor versus Tony Ferguson. Why not? I want to see McNuggets versus Crazy Cringe. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't There's know so about many fights, that, but bro. it would the the buildup would be so entertaining. There's so <laughs> many better fights than Connor just fighting guys who are the best and are gonna fuck him up. What do you think is gonna happen to Connor if he fights Justin Gaethje when Dustin with just it, fucked him up with the fucking shin kicks? What do you think is gonna happen? What with do you think? Like, come on. Thank you. With it. Uh, the next fight they said needed to happen after UFC 257 was Joanne Calderwood versus Lauren Murphy. I totally agree with this. You might have remembered um, we mentioned that JoJo Calderwood was about to fight 
Valentina for the belt, but mm-hmm. then things happened. All good, whatever. Um, but Lauren Murphy has been on a win streak. She's number three ranked. I think JoJo definitely does need to fight Lauren Murphy. That will get her back into deserving a title. And if she loses, then Lauren Murphy deserves her title shot. So that's a great matchup to cool. me. I like it. I like it. Last one. BR says Dan Hooker should fight Justin Gaethje. Uh... I don't hate it. I think it makes. I think it's more that Dan Hooker doesn't. Really, who is Dan Hooker going to fight now? Like mm-hmm. that he hasn't already fought or whatever. I don't know. I I like I like like if people are talking about the four man tournament kind of idea or whatever. I think Dustin Poirier fights Charles Oliveira because I loved we love Charles Oliveira. I think the Don't Bronx. <laughs> and uh, Justin Gaethje fights Michael Chandler. That's what I think. I, I, Which that's a tough fight for both of them. That's a tough fight, but Gaethje just lost his last fight. So why would Michael Chandler want to fight him? Justin Gaethje lost to Khabib in Khabib's most flawless performance ever. There is zero shame in that. And both dudes, thank you for setting me up with this, by the way. Both dudes made their names outside of the UFC and came in and are now in the UFC and are proving that... Justin Gaethje, who was the uh, champion of PFL World Series of Fighting, and Michael Chandler, who was a champion at Bellator, can come in and compete. And I think that even though the UFC would never use that storyline, I think mm-hmm. at least for our mm-hmm. sense and the media, it's uh, very possible for okay. them to fight and have a good backstory with it. All right, cool. I'm da- I'm with that. I'm more with that because I don't want to see Dan Hooker's face ever again. So, cool. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by my parents, Chris and Bella, who are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary on February 1st. Love you guys. You are the best, and you teach everyone what it is to love people.